Hello, and welcome back to Hold On, I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood, and you are listening to our preview of UFC Fight Night, Imanvov versus Strickland, and we're right back in there. We're back in the UFC apex, and Tom Ballam, I can sense it. I can the tingling excitement. We've had to wait a good three or so weeks for a fight card, and my word, have they not delivered on this one. Well, Joe, I don't know about that. You've seen the meme uh, with Escobar from Narcos staring out into the rain. <laughs> a lost soul. That's been yeah. me, Joe, the last three weeks. So even though it's a Strickland main event, I'm ready for it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. We're going to go straight into this, uh, listeners. Of course, there's been a lot of news since uh, since we've last been on. But let's let's talk about the fights first. We'll get to the news later. Uh, of which there is uh, plenty to dive into. Let's start with this main event. Uh, a last-minute replacement, Nazruddin Imovov, will face Sean Strickland. Strickland stepping in for Kelvin Gastelum. Normally, it's Gastelum stepping in uh, at the last second, but this time he's decided, you know what, I'm going to do what everyone else does. You know, I'll step in and face Robert Whittaker at the last second. You know, I'll face... Uh, who else is someone else that he got beat up by recently? You know, he just gets... Beaten up for a cannoneer last second. Yeah, I'll face cannoneer. Who cares? But he said, you know what? I'm having my turn now. He drops out. Sean Strickland comes in says, I can't make 185, but let's do it at light heavyweight instead. So he faces Nazruddin Imovov, streaking French middleweight. Uh, Tom, what do you, what's your sense, what sense of this fight? Are you, are you feeling like this is just going to be another Sean Strickland snooze fest? Well, first, a little comment on uh, Gastelum, and I uh, hope he rests up and gets well soon. I don't know if you saw that he succumbs to a mouth injury. Yeah, I've, I've not seen, seen that, that before. That, no, but it looks pretty nasty. Uh, stay off of Twitter after dark, because faces like that, Gastelum, it's the stuff of nightmares. Don't know what's going on there, but um, mm. hope he returns. I'm bummed out that that fight's not happening. Uh, I was very interested to see how Gastelum would fare against Imovov. Imovov, as you say, uh, he's he's streaking, he's running. Uh, now, the last man he ran into was Joaquin Buckley mm. of this here podcast, or soon to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my last pick for 2023, by the way. Joaquin Buckley to join the pod. Yes. Um, now, Third mic. Now, look, J- Joe, there are some similarities between Joaquin Buckley and... Going Gastelum. Unfortunately, not in the powwow, the pizzazz, the chant, mm. but in the uh, tiny frame. Yeah. For the welterweight frame. And um, Buckley, the welterweight frame. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Buckley, he started getting to Imamov later mm. on in that third round. I would like to see how a more cultured boxer in Gastelum would do. Would you be certain of an Imamov victory if that, that matchup did happen? Um, I would favour an Imovov victory in that, but there's something, an intangible that I was thinking about as well, is that we would have seen Kelvin Gastelum probably fighting for his UFC place, and what that would have done to his performance, because the thing with Gastelum is that, like, he kind of goes in there and he kind of fights the same game plan as everyone else, he's kind of got these, like, long sort of looping hands where he doesn't really throw, and then when he goes into actual throw, he he does that has that Darren Till sort of issue, which is I've got these wavy hands. I'm sort of my hands are sort of flapping around. It's like, all right, now I'm going to throw, and I get him into my striking position. So once you learn his striking position, it's you know the the um, the surprise isn't really there for Gastelum. So it would have been interesting to see that, and also against someone like Imovov, who is on the come up, um, and this would have been a good name for him. Um, and also Gastelum probably would have forced the issue. Uh, in a way that Strickland won't, um, in that he will try to push to get inside and he will try to engage in those sort of clinch spaces, which is actually somewhere that Imovov would most want to be. Strickland, on the other hand, happy to fight on the outside, happy sort of pick away that jab from outside, low leg kicks, which would then factor into it. And that is something that I think will factor into this fight because Imovov doesn't really check them like, Ian Heinish was just able to throw and land them without much coming back. And same for the Buck. You know, when he was doing those nine-shot combos to get in, 
he was sometimes finishing them with low leg kicks and Imovov was just taking it. And Joe, by the third round, what we saw is Imovov starting to wilt and Bach was on the end of those combos finding finding Imovov. I mean, I think we both left that th- fight thinking five rounds and Buckley might have just got it done. Yeah. Now, we got five rounds here. Got five rounds here. Mm. Strickland, known for his cardio. I don't know if I could guarantee the win for Imovov here. I, I would like to see how he stands up in those later rounds. I think he'll feel assured and confident as he did in, in Paris. Mm. Uh, I think he'll look very good early going, but I think uh, Strickland will frustrate him. I don't think he'll be... We know <laughs> he's he's hard to hit. He's right there, but he's, he's hard to hit. Cannonier couldn't do it. Yeah. And uh, I thought Cannonier would land that big shot. Never really got there. No. Uh, Strickland's very good at measuring that distance, very good at rolling with punches, very good at just staying just just outside. Um, mm. So I've got to think, you know, if Imovov's there going to style on him, thinks he's su- superior, he's got that uh, mon ami, that French uh, <laughs> arrogance to him. That je ne sais quoi. Just, <laughs> yeah, certain je ne sais quoi. I think Strickland might just upset him later on. A little mm. bit sneaky feeling about that. I mean, Strickland's a much more difficult test than Gastelum. I, I think that's fair to say. I mean, we we there's maybe a part of us that still holds on to that memory. You know, hold on, hold on. I'm uh, you know I'm remembering brother of Gastelum's finest moment, which was that defeat to Adesanya, where he just emptied the jug and took years off his life in that search for glory, and came up short. But it was a tremendous performance um, against Adesanya. And I don't know, it's, it's going to be hard to see. I mean, I think if Strickland can keep it at that jab boxing range, I think he could probably pull away, you know, win like rounds two to five quite easily. It's going to be interesting to see, though, if Imovov can get into that clinch space and work the clinches from there, throwing knees, throwing elbows from there, maybe getting in some trips to takedowns from there. He, he, when he finished Shabazian on the ground with that mounted crucifix, I doubt he'll get into that position against Strickland, who is a pretty good wrestler. But you never, ever know. I mean, when I've when watching Imovov, I've always been like impressed by how clean his striking is. But sometimes he just leaves his chin, he leaves his chin up there. Sometimes, like he just doesn't go back, doesn't sort of close the door in the combinations, doesn't like throw something to stop the guy coming back. So, but going forward, he can be very slick. You know, three, four shot combinations, which is sometimes rare to see. you know, in ranked middleweight fighters. So, unless you're, you know, the Drickers Duplessis going in a straight line, here's 10 shots in a row. One of them will hopefully land. So, um, but yeah, what, in what, short, what you then, got? Joe, there's, yeah, in short, I mean, there's a lot to to actually pick from this fight. They're both both ranked. I, as I said previously, felt that Strickland uh, did win against Cannonier, of course, by the thinnest of margins. And we, hmm. we commented extensively on that fight. We're talking a lot about Strickland again. But my point is, it's a matchup for me that makes sense. It's okay. Mm. It's yeah, it's an okay matchup. I I'm going to lean to Imovov. I'm going to go Imovov by decision. Uh, I think he'll be able to do enough in those first three rounds. I know, I'm, but I, that's why I'm sort of leaning towards. I get the sense that you're backing your boy. You know, the red, white, and blue is is pouring from your heart, hold, and you're backing Strickland. Quick disclaimer here for all the listeners out there. Strickland is not my boy. I <laughs> most certainly do not want my name attached to any comments that he may make. Um, but I I lent for Cannoneer. Strickland, I wouldn't say he impressed me in that fight, but I had to give him his due. He didn't get clipped. He didn't get Poetan mm. left hooked. And uh, yeah, all right. I think he's should go in as an underdog. I haven't checked the odds, but I'll... I'll, I'll Minus... Uh, yeah, I mean... Minus 115, Imovov, minus, minus 105, Strickland. Oh, okay. If I was having those odds, I'd, I'd have Imovov. But I'm yeah. just saying, watch the fight, guys. There is something to see there. For sure. Now, if Strickland loses this fight, that's three in a row. And uh, I think that'd be him sort of done at the top end of middleweight. I know this is technically a light heavyweight fight, but this is like that Paolo Costa Vittori main event where it was done for at uh, light heavyweight. This is a middleweight fight for all intents and purposes and 
I, yeah, I, th- I think this would be a good step up for Imovov and actually might even get him into sort of title contender status if he does win this fight. You'd be looking at the likes of Vittori at that stage, most likely. Or the winner of Vittori versus Delize in March would be the most likely opponent for the winner of this. Yep, definitely. That's another step on the road to, to a title shot. Can't deny Enticing, that. isn't it? But uh, next up, next up, Joe... Mm. Guys, not in the title picture. A man who is on a three-fight slide, Dan Ige. Mm. Uh, you're not a big fan. Um, I, I I don't think he lives up to the 50k nickname, uh, and particularly not recently. Three decision losses, all unanimous. One to Zombie, one to Josh Emmett, one to Mavsa Evloev. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not the not the biggest Danny Gay fan. He had that kind of dodgy split we, we've decision seen... win over Edson Barbosa in his debut at uh, Featherweight. Yeah. I've seen yeah, I've seen his seen ceiling. His, uh, Barbosa's yeah, Barbosa's Featherweight debut that was, yeah. It's uh definitely there's a ceiling on it and it's it's outside the top ten. But mm. uh Joe, I gotta ask you, Damon Jackson. Yes. Uh courtesy of Wikipedia, I see that this man has fought six times in the UFC. Uh Coming off a performance of the night against Pat Sabatini. Well, he's had two runs in the UFC. He's had two runs in the UFC. Um, I mean, his debut in 2014, he lost to Yancy Medeiros. Then had a a no contest against Ronnie Jason. And then a draw against uh, Levan Makashvili. Uh, That's going to get you sent back to the regionals. But he's come back. He's come back. He got a win over Mursad Bektic. And he's one of these guys who, throughout COVID, fought regularly. He's got some nice wins on there. The one against Pat Sabatini in particular from no, um, November, September last year was very impressive. But there's a bit of a mark against him that I think some people are going to look at. I think it's no mark at all. First round knockout uh, from Ilya Taporia against Jackson that maybe makes people think there's a bit of a ceiling on him. But I like Jackson. Aggressive, forward front foot fighter, uh, he's going to bring the action, and I think this is exactly the sort of dance partner that's going to you know, get the best out of him. I think Danny Ige will just stand there and trade with him. Oh, the he's one, there to brawl. Ige, he is there he's, to brawl. He's down to, he's down to scrap. He's down to scrap, and I think that this is a, you know, a good combination. I would expect Jackson to get the win. I think he's got more tools. I think he's got better wrestling from there. And then, again, I just think about that Calvin Cater main event for Danny Ige, where he was a bit pedestrian, and Cater even took him down, and you know, and that's not really his game at all. So, you know, we've seen the ceiling of Ige four defeats in a row. I think you might get your marching orders not soon, not soon uh, after that. Um, what else have we got on this, Tom? Yeah, I mean, I mean I think, what, what I else think is calling s- out to you? It's well, Joe. I'm saying like, hold on, I'm talking, with brother. Official rules are: if you lose three in a row, you're out of the rankings. Yeah. Other rankings, and you've got to work your way back in. That is where Danny Ige should be. Now, look, uh, next we have to talk about Kopilov versus Soriano. Mm. Uh, there might be some names that don't jump out of the page, but hold on. Hold on. Kopilov, mm. he's been fun. He's been fun. I remember his fight uh, against Dechirico. I think yep. promptly retired Dechirico, is that right, from the sport? Yeah, well, this is the thing, was that Kopilov had... He'd lost his first two fights in the UFC, and this is DeChirico like, come on, mate, get this nice win here. And then Kopilov knocked him out in the third round after losing the first two rounds, and it was looking a bit desperate for him. Um, he faces Puna Soriano. Soriano, do you remember his last fight? Uh, I certainly do. Against, well, not our boy, but certainly a curio for us, uh, <laughs> Dolce Lundjambula. They both had uh, come off two defeats in a row. To then win one back, um, you know, one and two in the last three. Do you know what I think these two are fighting for? I think they're fighting for boy status. Like whoever wins this, I think he's go- he's going to get a little ember, a little flicker of flicker of love from us. Because I think well, Copy Love's like kind of weird. He's kind of like really scrawny for this division, isn't he? Like oh, he's tough though, Joe. Yeah, he's he, one he of those wiry guys. Beating. Yeah, he's taken some severe beatings. Um, well, I, my distinct if I like if I close my eyes. And I think about Roman Kopilov. Uh, I feel slightly uncomfortable, but what I see, Joe, <laughs> is I see his nose just like yes. in the middle. It's just uh, 
it's closer to his face than yeah you know, it's not really protruding in the way we're used to nose is doing uh, yeah that's what i see and i think we'll get more of that i mean these guys again they like to trade it could be a fun fight uh i'm not gonna give um soriano too much credit for his knockout over the jumbo <laughs> uh but i do remember wait hold fight. on what what what's what's a bigger win a win over Lunjambula or De Chirico? De Chirico for me because he beat Buckley. Yeah, and and I, I don't know Lunjambula. Look, we've already given you uh, one. Hold on, I'm talking brother rule, which is loose free fight throughout the UFC. The next one, some wisdom for you listeners out there: you lose to Lunjambula. <laughs> hang him, hang him. <laughs> Hang him up because that man is extremely limited. A lot of fun, yeah. but extremely limited. For sure, for sure. Yeah, um, I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards Soriano to get this done. Personally, I'll, I'll have. I'll take the other side. I'll have Kopolov. Good for you. Good for you. Now, uh, Caitlin Vieira is facing uh, Raquel Pennington. Right. Uh, also, we've also got Uma Nurmagomedov against Ronnie Barcelos. Hold Barcelos, on, Joe. hold on. We did get what? some fan mail last year. Let's not brush past it. <laughs> Please Joe's don't say year. Featherweight or bantamweight? Bantamweight. <laughs> yeah, they won it, Joe. Come on, give us a little background on these ladies. What? What? Are you expecting some fun in, in the ring? I don't know. I mean, Pennington's the one who got. Um, she's the one who got smashed by Nunes in that title fight, and they were just like, "Why? Why did this continue?" Yes. Uh, yeah, the ground and pound. Yeah. 2018. Yeah, yes. she main evented the pay per view. Raquel Pennington. Dark, <laughs> depressing days. Um. Caitlin right, Vieira, though, has got some nice wins. She's beat, you know, a washed Misha Tate and a washed Holly Holm. Like, you know, it, it, there's... there's split, split decision over Holly Holm. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, was that a main event? I'm guessing that was a main event, actually. It was a main event, that Holly fight. Holly Holm doesn't do anything else. Yeah, I did not watch that fight. I can guarantee you that. Um, that's... Uh, no wonder it's not popping in my mind. Uh, Joe, listen. About a minute ago, you said something that excited me. Right. And then I oh, I'll, I'll bring that up in a second. Can I just float this idea to you? How about we get rid of women's bantamweight and we get rid of women's featherweight, right? And we introduce a new division, which is women's openweight, right? And it's 135 and up. <laughs> Gabby Garcia, you're saying you want to you wanna see yes! a camp in the UFC? Yes, I uh, want to see that. What do you say? I, 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 you're, you're the expert, and I go along with you as my, as my co-host. Now back to what you said that excited me, Joe. Oh. One of those words, it was Raoni, and the other one was Barcelos, and these are mm. two more words I liked a lot. Umar Nurmagomedov. Tell me more about that. I mean, now we had a slight argument here the other, the other week. Umar Nurmagomedov, the kicking Nurmagomedov, right? Sixteen and zero. No, sorry, fifteen and zero. Um, undefeated. Is coming to the UFC, and it's kind of got the feel of the other Dagestani lads. Of this guy feels inevitable, doesn't it? He feels inevitable in the way that Makachev did, the way that Khabib did. You know, this he does feel inevitable. And Barcelos, he was like a, a bit of like a former. You know, oh, this guy's got something to him. He could maybe be a bit of a contender. He beat Saeed Nurmagomedov. You know he he's got he's got some nice wins, but the way that the bantamweight is is that you get two defeats, you're out of there, brother. Get Old news. you ain't you ain't even looking at a number. You ain't looking at a number. As you said, ranks. We need to get twenty five because Barcelos may be scraping into that. Like that's what we're talking about here. He's facing Umar Nurmagomedov, who I'm actually surprised he took this fight. I mean, I'm guessing he's not getting many options. Um, and Barcelos is thinking like, why not? If I get a win over this guy, I could. Uh, vault myself back up there but this is going to be fascinating because Nurmagomedov obviously has that wrestling to fall back on but it's the kicking that I'm really excited about long rangey kicks nice sharp angles from there that he throws off there and actually angles off there as well mostly kicking from an orthodox stance as well but can switch as well Barcelos though likes to move forward get into clinch positions and uh, work his way to the ground from there. If this does get does get to the ground, I'm expecting fireworks, and I cannot wait for it. Yeah, jiu-jitsu spe- uh, specialist Barcelos. Now you mentioned he beat uh, the kicking Nurmagomedov Saeed. Uh, Joe, that was his only loss in the UFC. Saeed Nurmagomedov. Yeah. 
only loss in well what are we looking at seven fights now so I think we should keep some respect on the name of Raul Barcelos he did disappoint me uh, against Victor Henry in particular Um, it was a tough battle with Timur Valiev and I thought both men came out Mm. better for it unfortunately Valiev has fallen by the wayside much like you said you lose you lose a fight or two and you, you're gone, especially if you're from the East. Mm. Plenty of those lads to replace you. Uh, but he came back with a pretty comprehensive win over Trevin Jones back in October. Mm. I don't think this man is, is done. Um, you're talking about a silver medalist in the Brazilian National Championships in Jiu-Jitsu. Mm. Um, that's in the gi as well, which is kind of like the real, like, that's that's the top top level like we we see like your gordon ryan's and the no gi and whatnot but gordon ryan's even said if he went into the gi he would get destroyed pretty quickly so the gi is where it's at if you're going to be like a medalist yeah right so i'm saying you know i'm not sure it's as simple as makachev versus Oliveira in that you know sambo beats jiu-jitsu i don't think that has been finalized yet this is the first test isn't it of like uh uma yeah, Joe, I mean, I, I didn't want to uh, undermine what you were saying, as in that he's got that kind of, he's ready to be crowned. For me, I've not seen a calibre of opposition that I'm ready to mm. uh, to award him that. Mm. Uh, now look, Brian Kelleher at Featherweight. My boy. <laughs> My boy, Boom Kelleher. No, Throwing those nukes. That. And, and then Nate Manas, not having that either, yeah. so... This could be the one. Can we talk about this just briefly? A little side note. Do you see that Khabib is retired from MMA full stop? Like, he's just not involved with coaching anymore. He's getting rid of Eagle FC. Like, he's completely stepping away from all is elements it, has of the it, sport. Has, has the man himself said that on English media? Said it in on Instagram in Russian. Uh, and then having that translated. Javier Mendez was asked about it. And he said um, he doesn't see his family. Khabib doesn't see his family enough. And he thinks that that's the reason why or knows that's the reason why that he's doing it so it's sad that his presence will no longer be around us because even those little tidbits that we get of Khabib and you see just that that insight he has you can just see that little that he just does does have that mind for it above everyone else and it'll be a sad uh, it'll be a shame basically that he won't I mean he anymore. does have form for for making unexpected decisions and sticking to them mm. so yeah I mean it's it's crazy actually yeah it's yeah. it's absolutely crazy but you know I'm interested to see the implications for Makachev yes forwards. absolutely absolutely now Tom I said this on uh I think it was on our wrap-up uh episode for 2022 and I said to you Give me a card, any card, and give me some bantamweights I've never heard of, and I can guarantee I'm going to have a good time. Well, that's what we only bloody well got. Got Javid Basharat, who I have seen. He has fought in the UFC a couple times. Uh, against Mateus uh, Mendoza. I'm going to guess that's how you say it in the, the Portuguese styling, making his debut in the UFC. I mean, he had a series on the Contenders, a uh, fight on the Contenders series, but making his debut there. Um, I mean, this guy... Mendoza, he's got knockout power in bantamweight, and by the way, a couple sub one minute knockouts, including that one on the uh, contender series in which uh, he sent Ashiek Ajim flying with a right cross, and then followed it with some disgusting hammer fists. My word, can't wait to see this uh, this fight here. Uh, Basharat, m- more of a, uh, a sub specialist, uh, ground specialist, and uh, he's, uh, ground out a couple. Wins based out of the UK is uh, Basharat, and uh, going to be excited to see how that one plays out from there. Yeah, Joe, I think you you called it just right. That was my uh, take as well. Um, although I I don't have the familiarity of having seen his fights with Tony Gravely and <laughs> Trevin Jones, but I credit you for uh, upholding the professional side of the pod and watching those deep on some Apex undercard somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I'll be tuning into this one, though. I think you've done our man Basher a bit of a disservice when talking about his record. A bit of a submission specialist. Joe, mm. you're talking about, if I if I look up, he's now 12-0, and 0, Joe. Mm. I'm struggling to find fights that went past the first round. 
Oh, yeah, they're both undefeated as well. I forgot to mention that. Two undefeated bantamweights on the prelims of this card. Not a Wikipedia Whoa. page between them. Let's go. <laughs> one of them's from Afghanistan and yep. fighting out of the UK. The other one's Brazilian. Yeah. We've also got the return of Charles Johnson, who uh, you'll remember from... Um, his loss. UFC. <laughs> yeah, his loss. <laughs> That's his legacy uh, so far. Losing yeah, to well, Mikhaev. Yeah, Makayev, but he did get a, dis- a split decision win over uh, Zuma Gulov in November. He's back to face Jimmy Flick in the flyweight division. Interesting to see if Johnson can start to build a bit more momentum at flyweight. Kind of struggled past Zuma Gulov, had to sort of come down from a round down to, yeah. to just eke it out. He, D- he damning, to... Joe, for me. Zuma Gulov, mm. he's, he's not at it for me. So. The, th- the thing is, is that I was impressed by Johnson in that loss to Makayev of just like, he just Definitely. denied Makayev any progression yeah. but he just couldn't get past that first level of engagement yeah. in the grappling like Bukhaev will get to that take down get you down be working it but be interested to see if Johnson can progress from there overall pretty poor card but well Joe hold on a little, little, oh, little go on. nod to Jimmy the brick flick oh uh, go on did you see this fight he What's fought this fight? Cody Durden back in 2020 again oh, deep, deep on a UFC fight night in the apex Joe, he only went and won by flying triangle. Oh, um, my word. Went back to watch this because I was quite interested to see uh, what this flying triangle might look like. I've got to be honest, didn't remember it uh, just off Jimmy the, the Brick Flick's name. But what I saw there, Joe, is Brick marching marching your man down, your man being Cody Durden, mm. and uh, throws a head kick, left head kick. Um, mm. Durden kind of eats it. Yeah. And launches forward in response. Yeah. Almost like he's tree chopping uh, Jimmy Flick. Yeah. Jimmy Flick only goes and adapts to that, throws up the other leg, catches him in a flying triangle. They end up on oh, the my mat. Word. Doesn't let it go, and he gets the submission. Good stuff, That's... Joe. And it was his oh, third third submission in a row. I think this could be, yeah, it could be fun again. Mm, excellent. Oh, I'm looking forward to that now. Uh, looking forward to see if uh, Jimmy Flick can think he can repeat that sort of level of flying triangle. I'm ready for be... it. I'm here for it. Let's go. My word, my word. Anything else on this card, really? Um, no. I mean, Joe, I can say that I had to do some Googling uh, in preparation for this. Now, let me just find the page. Are you on about Mateusz Rebecki? Uh, there's a few fellas. Now, look, Claudio Ribeiro... Depending where you look, Joe, he's either a tennis player from Brazil or he plays for Vitoria Guimarães in Portuguese football. Oh, wow. Uh, or if you look far enough, you find some relation to MMA. If this is the same man, I- I'm interested. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but I think that sums up the card. There's not there's not a lot of name recognition to be had overall. No, 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 no. Uh, right, let's talk about the news. Now, listen... We we had a debate. I can't believe we're talking about this. We had this debate before recording. Are we going to talk about this? We we kind of have to talk about this. Um, Dana White slapped his wife in a nightclub on New Year's Eve. And, uh, well, all hell broke loose after that. Um, Me and Tom have decided... Go on. well, Well, it was muffled. Muffled hell. In that it's a bit verboten to discuss... Mm. Um, not widespread condemnation out there. Uh, I think we're ready to go out there and condemn condemn this, guys. Don't don't hit your partner, man yeah. or woman. Just 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 don't do don't do that. Yeah, I, 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 violence I, is not the answer. I think that's something that people seem to have maybe forgotten that like, just can't like just hitting someone's just no no unless you're getting paid for it. I don't understand doing that. You know, it, it's... Well, there's, there's... I mean, there is that angle. We do know that Dana was trying to get this uh, power slap oh, yeah. show Oh, you think this ground. is like viral marketing? I think, you know, I can't. Oh, don't know God. who it is. I'm assuming it... I'm hoping that our listenership and fans of 
power slap (laughs) 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 on the venn diagram there is no middle circle where they meet just just, just not even not even coming close yeah so we'll see if the subscribers drop after this joe but um Mm. i yeah i don't think that was going to be a huge success uh but it's certainly been in the news now in that it doesn't seem to be happening or it's been delayed it's been delayed by a week so they don't care that much, do they? Are they, we going to see? Th- is this Khabib jumping off the cage? Is this promo? Are we going to see it? On the, I mean, oh my god, I didn't even think about main that. event. By the way, are, are we going to review this? Are we going to uh, review this? It, Come on, we have to watch the first one. Yeah. We have to watch the first one, don't we? Or at least I have to, because I'm, I'm a freak that likes to see the worst of everything. Um. <laughs> I, I, Joe, I'm not going to watch Power Slap. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that. And I don't like it as an idea. It's pretty weird, isn't it? That is true. Like, that is the Bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Do you know what? It's funny. It's it's funny that you say, like, these things or whatever else. But, like, what you described of Dana White goes into a nightclub to slap his wife to promote his Power Slap League, that's pure pro, pro wrestling. And I know you dislike pro wrestling. Um, you know, it's just, oh, hold on. Tom's shaking his head there. He's, what, were you watching New Japan have, Pro I, Wrestling I, on January 4th? I don't have an entrenched position. I don't know. I'm not a wrestling hater, but I, I, okay, don't, I don't watch it. Okay, fair enough. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I think it was also a bit weird that people were like, it's not weird that people said this, but it's weird that people expected Dana to step down. Like, do you really think that guy was going to step down from his position? I mean, it like, is, it, it, like, given what he said in the past, given the slightly troubling uh, history of MMA fighters uh, yeah. abusing their partners, in particular men abusing their female partners, it has to be said. Mm. Uh, given all he said on that in the past, yeah. I'm not going to say I expected him to step down, but it's it's a, it's a bad look, Joe. It's a bad look. What if he just went away for a couple months? Maybe the thing Pol- is, is that politician style. Yeah, maybe. And, and the people made him come back. They cheered for him. We need Dana to fix this. But it's weird. The reaction is that people like people seem to think the UFC is Dana, like that he is the main draw. That you know, we watch the fights and then we want to hear what Dana has to say about it. It's like. For the most part, I don't really care what he has to say. I don't, well, I don't know about you. Yeah, well, no, apart we, from like the the real we, freak instance. Yeah, we divide, we we diverge here big time. Um, I, I, I mean, I can't say this in the context of what he's just done, mm. which uh, obviously I condemn. But mm. I, if if De- if Dana would not do this to his wife, if he would please not do that, and mm. and you know whatever whatever's going on there. That should not be happening. Mm. Uh, but that aside, I I enjoy Dana White. I think he is he, he, hilarious. Both <laughs> laughing with him, at him. The con- like, I think I do want I do want to listen to what Dana has to say. Mm. Uh, it's it's very funny, but in both from all angles. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I just yeah okay fine fair enough. He he can he is Joe, amusing. He is a meme. I guess so. Yeah, he, I guess so. The whole you know, like you know, thing. like it, you know, I mean, you know, when you see the, the the Eddie Hearn memes and stuff like that, I feel like they're a bit forced. Whereas Dana is like, they feel so organic. He is kingpin. He is a Marvel character. You know. It's, yeah, uh, I see people that I know who don't even watch the UFC using Dana memes, like you know the big load one. You know where it's the washing machine. <laughs> yeah, that's some funny stuff, Joe. <laughs> that's some funny shit. All right, all right. Let's not let's not praise Dana now <laughs> within the context of this. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about this. Um, Stephen Bonner passed away uh, late last year. He had uh, struggled for a couple of years now, health problems. Um, he had uh, obviously seemed to have some mental issues as well that went alongside that. The very sad, very dark days, and it's depressing to think that a guy that was that important and pivotal to the UFC's um, fandom in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, lived his life that way. So let's talk about the positives here. Uh, Stefan Bonner has probably one of the most iconic fights, moments, in the history of this sport. And that can never, ever be taken away from him at all. 
Um, you know, they talk about that Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bonner fight being the thing that got the UFC the next season of The Ultimate Fighter when they desperately needed it. And it did help. But the thing is, is that that show, episode to episode, got more and more popular every single week. And they we had this... watching it. And we, yeah, it was like... I remember watching it as like a 14-year-old boy. You know, you get your first, you know, internet connection. What's the first thing you look up? That's right, pornography. But you also look up fighting. At least that's what I go for. And if you can combine the two, my God, you've got you've got a beautiful thing happening. Now, <laughs> but I, I remember watching it and I remember watching that series. And, you know, the main, the big one being, um, was it Koscheck versus Chris Lieben? Was that the, that season? And like their smack talk. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it had this incredible culmination of got these two guys, they seem to be the most, quote, normal ones in there, and they just had an absolute barroom brawl, absolute slobber knocker to put it over the top of, like, this is it. This is the sport you want to be a part of. And it was incredible. It Truly, truly. Uh, do we know where Chris Lieben is these days? <sighs> I'm worried, Joe. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there's a look of anguish when, when you said Chris Lieben, and then you mentioned yeah the context of obviously difficult mental issues. He's alive. He's alive. Okay. He's alive. Uh, let's go on his Wikipedia. Has he got anything? Here we go. Personal life, legal issues. Oh my god. Okay, I'm going to go mixed martial arts. Here we go. It goes 2.1 down to 2.6. Okay, here we go. So it goes early career, the Ultimate Fighter, Ultimate Fighting Championship, retirement. Bellator MMA, <laughs> unretirement, bare knuckle boxing, oh, and then it goes into personal life, legal forbidden issues. Forbidden triangle. <laughs> <laughs> From oh UFC to Bellator to bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. Um, Bray, Bray, he got arrested for driving under influence and breaking into his ex-wife's oh, uh, apartment. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for that, Tom. Uh, we well, going unfortunately, slightly all the roads are leading there, and that is where the UFC has come from. Yeah. Um, and hopefully not where it's going. That's all yeah. I can see. I do worry about some of the future names that we're going to start seeing to fall. And it happened with pro wrestling, like the guys in the 2000s and up until, like, 2013, 14, they were just dying in their 40s, early 50s, and you're like, oh my god, this is not good. This yeah. is really, really bad. You know, and then you take that Phil Baroni story where you know he beat his girlfriend to death in Mexico, and he looks like he's getting 30 to 50 years in prison. Like, my god, this is it's. We have to start bracing ourselves for it, and it's sad that we have to. But it also it means we have to take a critical look at ourselves as fans of the sport. You know, it's it's pretty hard to stand yeah. alongside those things. Let me move us on to slightly happier news. Talking about another former UFC fighter here, Joe. Mm. Now, I'm going to give you a quote from a recent interview with this man. Okay, I want you to tell me who it is. Okay. Uh, when talking about potential matchups in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that he would be hurting his leverage if he returned to the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Oh. Wait, so he's saying if he comes back to the UFC... Yep, his his leverage is diminished. He also oh. he wants to fight Jake Paul. Oh, oh no. And oh. I'll give you one final thing before I think you know, Joe. One final quote from this man from his time in the UFC... Skill for skill, I beat Khabib. Is, is, is this Nate? No, this is Ke- this is Kevin Lee. No! <laughs> <laughs> he's been out commenting on this, Joe. Yep, he, skill for it. skill, I beat Khabib. That's the worst thing there. Not the boxing Jake Paul thing. Which, oh my god, that is appalling, Kevin. What is wrong with you? Yeah. That's almost more bleak than the Phil Baroni stuff. I mean, Jesus Christ. Skill for skill, I beat Khabib. Well, that's not what he said in his recent uh, interview. That was during uh, his his potential. Heyday, his prime, yeah. His heyday, when, you know, there were some questions. There are no questions now, Kevin. You're not coming back to the UFC. He's off to the PFL. Don't you worry about your leverage. Well, no, good for him. I mean, honestly, it probably would. I think what he was trying to say when he was saying he's hurting his leverage is that uh, he's lost to everybody already. If he came yeah. back, he wouldn't. No one would pay him to fight. Uh, yeah. But the PFL is there, so I hope that works out. I'm, Joe, if 
if he goes to the PFL and wins a million dollars and does all that, he can go back to the UFC then with a lot more leverage. Absolutely. Anyway, Tom, I interrupted. You, you, you said did. So. You did, because you mentioned one more name. This is a rolling news hour here. Jake mm. Paul. Yes! Right, we have, we, we have to talk about him now. now. We have to talk we about have. it. Sounds like, Joe, you're, you're turning the corner here. He is in the PFL now. He signs the PFL. And he has an equity stake in the company, which is quite something. And also... This I love. So he's doing this pay-per-view super fight league thing where he said that 50% of the revenue of those pay-per-view cards will go to the fighters. That is tremendous. Now, that doesn't... We don't know what that split is. It could be 49% to Jake Paul and 1% to everyone else. But still, we could be getting to some sort of, like, leverage here. And also, could we start to see a true number two promotion in the world if the PFL get this going? Did you watch the video of Jake Paul announcing himself there? I did. Are you, are you with me? Make this guy front and centre. Get him on every press conference. Get him talking. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, what, what what can you say, Joe? Like, you start off... <laughs> you start off pouring scorn. Um, but, you know, choo-choo. Yeah. <laughs> choo-choo. Yeah, he does. Like, credit, it, it, to, credit to him and that he's... Uh, yeah. I mean, he's talking about fighting MMA. He's talking about fighting Nate Diaz in boxing. And does he? MMA. Does he fight in MMA this year? That would be astonishing. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that would be astonishing. They're talking about Ben Askren. He's out <laughs> for a fight again in MMA. Let, let's be honest. Askren would kill him. Yeah, I mean, right? I, 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 I would think, he? I, I mean, <laughs> surely, surely. No, but... he would. He's a two-time Hodge champion. You know, oh yeah, he's, I mean, he's, it'd be. I mean, are we talking about? Was it Phil Tony, the boxer, when he came to UFC <laughs> to take him down? By, oh, James uh, Tony, James Tony, James Tony. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, also think about um, Clarissa Shields, the world champion boxer now, who has gone into MMA and fought in the PFL, and she had to fight absolute cans and struggle through those fights. That's how difficult this is. This is not an easy transition, and he's going to have to fight that level, and people aren't going to accept him for it. No, and then if he fight and listen, there's no commission in the world that is making Ben Askren versus Jake Paul. Ben Askren, sorry, uh, Jake Paul versus um, Nate Diaz. That ain't happening either. Like, let's be realistic here. So, I think he's most likely going to be bo- boxing in the PFL. I'm guessing. Well, there are jurisdictions in the world, Joe. There are places you can go where all sorts of. <laughs> Yes, uh, I'm. I'm, I'm feeling. I was about to say Mexico is calling, and <laughs> I'm. I'm down for it. I was feeling Papua New Guinea, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to say he's, he's 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 out there. I watched it; it reached us. We are skeptics, but we watched. We like it. Hey, listen! If he goes in there and he does it, there's nothing more I can really say. Apart now, from fair play, Joe. I'm going to say something here. It might it might trigger you. Go on. And I know you're a sensitive soul. <laughs> yeah. Right. I am a bit concerned about another fighting championship taking on the UFC. Well, it's interesting that the PFL are also on ESPN. And with this announcement of Jake Paul, they actually took direct shots at the UFC as well. Now, what is your concern? Is that you think that it's going to get diluted and we're going to start... Well, we've lost Shane Burgos to the PFL, and now we're going to start losing more. Yeah, I am worried about that. Yeah, I like this... I mean, it's terrible. But as a fan, I do. I want to see the best guys fight. I want yeah. it to be in the same divisional structure. And um, yeah, I don't want people dodging uncomfortable fights too much. And you know, I want a lineal structure. And I just, you know, this is what killed boxing. Mm. Uh, and it's what will probably kill MMA if the Ali Act does come in as well. Yeah, it, it probably is going to ruin what we have right now. Yeah. Do you know do you know the way the UFC get around this is by paying their fighters more? Like sim- simply put, none of this show and win money flat rate. This is what you're making. You know, we're increasing everyone's wage because they can do it. They just choose not to. Yeah. So that's how you that's how you avoid this. Now, Tom, I hinted at this news story to you before we recorded and you were laughing already. Now, let's get a load of this. Jose Aldo, potential GOAT, 
contender. Let me let me read this headline to you. Um, report: Ex UFC champ Jose Aldo, wife involved in government handout scandal. Wife blames quote snooping leftists. Um, <laughs> basically, during COVID, the Brazilian government gave out um, monthly deposits uh, that came to a total of about one hundred and twenty dollars between May and uh, October of 2020, of which Aldo's wife uh, happily took some of those. Why was she doing that? That was for people who were in desperate need of that money during COVID, and she took those payments. $120. Now, is the UFC pay that bad? Or was it just, here's some free money, now I'm taking it? That's a bad look. Uh, yeah. That's a really bad look for the King of Rio, famous for its favelas and people coming up hard. Yeah. Yeah, dodgy, isn't it? It's not a good look. Not a good look at all. And they are being investigated but, for yeah, it. I've got to say, that's not the news that made me laugh. No, no. Um, <laughs> so obviously at that point, uh, Jair Bolsonaro was the president of Brazil. Uh, he uh, lost the election last year to Lula. Uh, the socialist uh, uh, politician. Good news. And uh, Bolsonaro fled the country. And he was living... He has been living with Jose Aldo in Florida. <laughs> it's just like, what? I know. That's a weird, twist. isn't it? It's a it twist. Is a twi- now, Tom, me and you... Well, you do currently now. But me and you have um, had careers where we've lived abroad. And for stretches years at a time and the advice i would get or was told was you know when you settle in do something you normally do you know do something that you really enjoy normally do to settle you in into this new place so it's like something familiar in a new place tom yeah we, we all do that and you know what bolsonaro has done that as well that's right he's in the hospital right now uh, for some undiagnosed reason, the man loves going to the hospital. Tom, what is wrong with him? It's uh, maybe a hunting accident. I've got a feeling, Joe, he will be right at home in Florida. To be honest, I wouldn't worry for him at all, especially no, he... with Josie Aldo to protect him. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, quite the dream team, quite the duo. Those two uh, coming to it's a old, isn't it? Yeah, bizarre. But I'll I'll watch the embedded. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, he, he's he's Aldo's got his first boxing match coming up, and I think it's in beginning of March, end of February, and it's in Brazil. And there better be some cameras filming him right now because I, I need to see this Bolsonaro footage because this is going to be incredible, absolutely incredible. Um, right, Joe, is on, there Tom. a couple of fight announcements you wanted to round off with? Um, no. Well, I've got one for you then. Uh, UFC two eight six. Which one's right. that? Representing the nation of Iceland. Oh yes, Gunnar Go Nelson. He's back. He's stepping in March eighteenth. This is this is London, Joe. What is what is this? What is this? UFC two eight six in London. Nelson. He likes the whole uh, British MMA scene, mm. and he doesn't mind the Irish MMA scene too. Um, he's going to fight D Rod. <sighs> I like it. I like it. T- I think tough tough fight for for Nelson. You think so? You, well, you think D-Rod just jabs him up? <sighs> Good wrestler as well, D-Rod. Yeah, yes. Heavy wrestler. That's what I'm saying, Joe, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's not, uh, it's not a gimme. Not like Takashi Sato. Yeah, Gunnar should be like a, would be a 165er, wouldn't he? Yeah, or or even, you could see him down at lightweight. It's a man who doesn't cut. Mm, doesn't doesn't yeah. believe in weight cutting. Good for him, but that means you have to fight some hulking, hulking boys. And, and D-Rod, he's, he's not small. No, he's not small. It's, it's, Deep was one of those guys as well where, like, he'll kind of, like, lull you into this kind of, like, range jab fight and then he'll just uncork some huge shot coming your way. And there will be guys that can take those shots, like the Leech, you know, who is pretty sizable, welterweight. Not a huge one, but whatever. But, yeah, Gunnar, he's, he's jumping in at a difficult point, but... Yeah, has the uh, nation of Iceland responded to this news, Tom? Is there a palpable excitement in the streets? Raptures, <laughs> absolute. It's the cars honking. Is that what? What is what is Gunnar up to? Does he like live in Iceland? He does. Like, he does. His his father is a pioneer of the scene here. 
Oh um, really? Yeah, that's what that's what introduced him to the sport. Um mm. and yeah, well known for obviously training with, with Connor and, and John Kavanagh mm. um, coming over to Mjolnir here in, in Iceland. Have a new facility in Reykjavik now, which is uh is all very glamorous. They've certainly come up. Wow. Um you know, it's not the underground scene anymore, it's like it's the posh it's the posh place. Right, okay. Fair so, enough. yeah, the, the people will get behind him, for sure. He definitely has a national appeal. He trans- transcends the, the boundaries as a notable Icelander in an individual sport. Can you name any others? Notable Icelanders... In solo in, sports? Uh, the Mountain, in boxing. Yeah, so... He beat Eddie Hall. St- strong men, yeah. Um, strong men, indeed. Yeah, Thor, Hat Thor. I was watching uh, World's Strongest Man over Christmas, as is tradition... Um, got to say those lads. Whew, what is wrong with them? Uh, that is <laughs> quite the sport. Now, it, listen. If MMA keeps getting darker and darker, I think we should transition to being a world's strongest man podcast instead. I think the people would definitely latch onto that. Could work because a colleague of mine right now, his his son was in that competition. You, 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 no you might way. Have watched him, yeah. Oh my word! Oh my word! That's quite something. Hey, maybe we get him. Does he like the MMA? <laughs> I haven't met haven't met him as yet, so um, okay, fair well, enough. Anyway, I'll listeners. break any exclusives here for holding on talking brother subscribers. Thank you so much, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. You can contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail dot com. We'll be back next week to preview the pay per view. I forgot it's this pay per view next week, isn't it? Headlined by Glover Teixeira versus Jamahal Hill for the light heavyweight title, and Get Everson Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. For the flyweight title, finally try, unifying. Try to stay hyped. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, Gregory Rodriguez is off that card now. No, Brad Tavares don't dropped say out. that. Yeah. He said, "Whoever wants to get it, they can get it." Oh, that's what I want to hear. Yeah. That's what I want to hear. Get in there with the Robocop. He's ready, Joe. He said, oh. "The Demolition Man is ready to." Oh, God, smash. I can't wait. I'm sure there's some. You know what? Screw it. Get Hamza in there. Get him in there. He wants to fight at middleweight. Get in there with Robocop if you're if you're worth anything. Wow, that's right. I've got, oh, I'm so hyped right now. Anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, listeners, we'll be back next week. Thank you so much for joining us, and onwards and upwards for a great 2023, Tom. Yep. Thanks for that, Joe. Bye, everybody. No bye, bye.